Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's podcast sponsored by Dante Zampetti, loan officer with Movement Mortgage, specializing in helping veterans use the benefits they have earned. Know a veteran who has a question on the VA home loan benefits? Dante may be able to help. Call him at 937-522-5419 to learn more. Dante Zampetti, NMLS number 1452256, Movement Mortgage, supports equal housing opportunity, NMLS ID 39179. Go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org to verify they are legit. Today's podcast is episode number 13, and we're going to get into different aspects of real estate and how we are branching out um, with real estate and opportunities. Mr. Bolton. Trenton. What is up, sir? Chilling. How's biz? Business is good. Booming. That's what the kids say. What was the, uh, what's the quote? Booming. My business is kill, or killing's my business, his business is good, something like that. Remember that is old it? movie quote? I've never seen that. You haven't? It's pretty good. You got a few years on me. Only about like eight. That's a lot, man. Is it? That's well, I'm 32, going on 33. When you were in You're first 28? grade, when you were in You're first grade, I was born. 26. Shit. Yeah, I got six years on here. Going on seven. Yeah. So when you were Good. in first grade, I had a cell phone. You can't use that reference. First grade doesn't mean anything to anybody. You got to say like I was a senior, you were 12. When you were a senior, I was in sixth grade. Okay, I was beating up punks like you. You are beating up sixth <laughs> graders? No, I was like 135 pounds. Were you really? Yeah. Wrestled super skinny. You would super be a skinny. wrestler. Yeah, better than lacrosse. But anyways, um, what's new? What are you working on in your business? I mean, last week we talked about, you know, white space, things we're trying to get into that was different than most agents are trying to capitalize in areas that we felt were um, not overpopulated, I guess. Best way to put it. Yep. Uh, so that, I feel like this new this new sound has me messed up. I'm switching Why? it. I don't know. I felt, you don't like it? I felt funky there. I'm going to go back to the old way. We were trying something new and now. Tilt that bad boy down. There you go. Testing. It's all the same. All the same. All right. So, yeah, What's last new? week we talked about the white uh, the white space and really haven't done too much in the white space. Well, yeah, but it's only been a week. It's only been a week. You can't jump right into it. You got to build it up and kind of get to it. And big, big plans. Shh. Coming soon. Huge drop. Massive announcement. <laughs> Stay tuned. Probably nothing that big. Probably nothing that big. Oh, big what announcement got delayed. So, no, I'm just saying that's what oh. I see that all the time. Um, so, what's been new with us is just, again, trying to find – I'm trying to feed the beast, I'll be honest with you. I, I, I'm feeding the with beast. All your all your buyer's agents now? Yeah, Getting the leads? Is that the beast? How are we going to get them the leads? Because I don't want, I don't want them to have to do – prospecting outside of the leads. I want to be able to provide them everything. Right. And that's just because I want to show you what our value is. Our value is the leads. So let me ask you this. Did you have the value before you thought about this or did you get them and then you decided to create the value? I think we had some value, but a big, uh, a, we had leads for them. I definitely had leads for them and, okay. I had, and I had buyers that they could work. But here's where I, here's where I started noticing things. I started noticing they had downtime. Well, yeah. And if I'm going to can 
if I'm going to have them be successful, they shouldn't have downtime. I want them to be have an influx of leads. I want them to constantly right. be either out showing properties or working the leads that are coming in. Those are the two things that I want them doing. Have you had them go back and work old leads? I have. And they're already tasked out and they can't. What's well, the deal? they're not tasked out, but how many old leads can you work? I as mean, many old leads as you have. So are they calling your database? So maybe a hundred. They're calling their database. They're calling. Mm-hmm. But I'm talking like if they're working on their database, they're building their database. No, see, that's where you get, that's where you're wrong in, in regards to where you're getting scared that they're building their, like they have not, to work their not, database. Yeah, well, I, need, I know they need that's to work the easy their database, conversion. but again, I want to, I want to make it so they're working their databases. Hey, this is what we've done. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're saying, but at the same time, who cares? They can say, they just got to call our database. Yeah, they are. He is calling his database. Right. So what are you worried about? Value. Maybe I'm not con. Maybe I'm a little self-conscious. Like, am I providing them enough value? So we're, we're throwing. And now it's like, all right, let's just dump money and throw leads at them. Oh, no. Okay. See, that's, that's extremely where we differ. So I know you kind of, would you say you jumped into it? Or would you say you planned it or you half foot, half in, half out just would, to get better context of your situation? Yeah, so I was so, I was gung-ho about them and I still am gung-ho about them. Right. Um, I mean, I've already seen, we've seen uptakes in our prospects coming in. Okay. Which is great. Yeah. Uh, leads that I would never have worked because I just, I I missed it. I agree 100% tracking did, what you're saying there. Didn't see the time. So I'm like, already it's like, hey, did you all, all now instead of having to call and email and text these leads, it's like, hey, how, what'd you do? What happened with so and so? Where are you? Where are you? Follow up. And it's mm-hmm. it's great. So, I sent him um, the first one of his first things to do was there were fifteen leads that we had. They were pretty, yeah, yeah. leads. Yeah. Um, and it was like my first do this. I don't. These are leads that if they fall, they fall. And you're allowed to crash and burn. But in those leads, he got two buyers. Like active prospects or like two people clients saying, or, uh, basically what it was was, hey, this is Connor over at the Bolton Group. Uh, I know that you had reached out previously about 123 Main Street. Wanted to let you know that that house is under contract. But we are aware of some other ones that are similar on the market. Right. And I said, yeah, that house. And people responded, yeah, that house didn't work out. Um, but we have interest in others. Perfect. Great. What are those others? I'd love to set up a time when we can talk about it. So that's what we're getting. And I never, I mean, just to be honest, I would not have called those people. I'm with you. So that alone is, I mean, I I would say already he's probably got five active people in the pipeline for us that I never would have dealt with. Qualified? Yeah. Pre-approved? We're not going to say pre-approved because they're appointments. Okay. Um, So we're at the, we're in the cold stage, but we were in the dead stage a, mu- a couple of days ago. Yeah, it's something. It's something. something. So you have a follow-up on old Zillow leads and some of the other leads you're not quite. Yeah, old sign calls, old Zillow leads, mm-hmm. a lot of old sign calls. Dude, can I tell you, I had I had my admin go out and call, do all my past clients call, client care call. Yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. Because I, I, I talked to a lot of my clients still. But at the same time, it's kind of like I wasn't doing it because I'm like I'm I'm working now stuff, 
you know, I like to reach out and talk to clients, but there's certain ones that I know that want to have an actual relationship and like ask more than just, Hey, what's up? And there's other ones who I know they're pretty much the trans. I like, Hey, thanks for selling my house. If we need you, we'll let you know. They don't want me calling them all the time or Correct. send them text. So it's kind of nice having her call and I got a lot of positive feedback. Off of it. Really? <laughs> and let's be real. It's, it's not that I'm afraid to call my clients cause it's not like I did anything bad to them, but it's like, ah, oh, man, like I'm still trying to get the business growing and build that bigger value. Like you were kind of talking about when we hire our buyer agent. Yeah. Um, so, but that was awesome. So I had, that was awesome. I made a commitment to myself. Yeah. That, I spent, a, I spent, we spend as in this business, we spend a lot of time in the car. Yeah. And I spent a lot of time listening to music and junk, uh, shitty podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Name one. Uh, definitely not this one. Um, but I spent a lot of time doing that and I was like, man, that's a lot of wasted time. That's two, two and a half hours a day there. I think I would spend, I would say on a busy day, I'm spending two, two and a half hours in the car. Right. And I'm like, but I just spent it listening to music and I'm like, you know, I, I music Call people. Yeah. Music calms me down. So I said, all right, you know what? I'm not going to prospect while I'm in the car, but I'm going to database and pass client calls. Right. And so I've just started doing that the past, maybe five business days. And it's crazy because I, all I'm saying is, Hey, how are you doing? Oh, we're great. We love the house. And then they start offering up things like what? So we had one person, a uh, great client who said, you know, oh, I, I forgot to tell you. Once fall hits, I'm going to send out another, um, uh, another email to our listserv about what a great job you did. Ooh, that's awesome! Great. So then that opens up the door because we're also calling for reviews right now. Right. Oh, it's smart. Yep. I, like I, old reviews, people it, you didn't get reviews it, from before. It, exactly. Mm-hmm. But it's not. It's hey. Uh, so we're going to do that. That's awesome. I actually never got. I never got the chance to ask you for a review. Could you just copy and paste that? I'll send you the link. Of course, Ben. Right now. Yeah. But they're offering up things like that. Like, you know, it's funny you call it. I, I had a brother who's thinking about selling. Yeah. Great. And so you never would have got that if you just didn't I make ne- a damn call. And, and it's it's no extra time. It's net right. time. I'm just driving in the car. Yep. And again, there's clients who I'm not calling because they don't want to hear from me. You should still call them anyways. Well, I mean, it's not, it's, you know, I have the conversations that last 30 minutes. And then I've got the conversations that are like, hey, just checking in. You ever get such and such taken care of? Yep, all good. How have you been? Good, good. Well, all if you right. need anything, just <laughs> let me know. But I feel like that goes a long way. But I'm not trying to talk about their kids or anything because they don't want to talk about their kids. I would be that guy if someone called me. I'd be like, yeah, it's going good. All right, man. I, I don't even have in-depth conversation but with my parents it, on the phone. But it plants a seed in your head. Yeah, no, it's just a conversation like I think that type of person, their mentality is like, okay, did a good job. I'll remember him. I'll call him. Yeah. Like you don't have to necessarily stay in touch with those people. The people who like, certain clients will love you. And I always think it's funny because everyone thinks their agent nine out of times is like the best agent. When you see like, hey, I'm looking for a real estate agent. Everyone's like, oh, you got to use this one. You'll see 20 people, which is a good thing. It's I'm not saying thing. it's bad. It's a good thing. that, But everyone I, thinks I, their agent's great. But so my point being is that person might run into another agent. And they just might use that person because they just like that person. I would rather have you know everybody, I, mean? I would rather have everybody posting about how great their agent is than right. the one guy who's had a terrible experience with an agent <laughs> and then says, Well, you should just sell your house for sale by owner. No, because were, I would reach out to that guy and be like, Hey, I'm, sounds like you had a really bad experience. What happened? And then I'll promise I can make that right for you when you're ready to buy or sell. I see that like I love I like that. I, I love challenges. I love challenges. I I'm the guy who like if you're playing a game. I love the one versus 10. 
Like if you're playing paintball or something, I'd yeah. love like five guys versus 20. To me, that's fucking fun. You so know what I mean? You would reach out to that. I mean, that's a yeah. great opportunity because nobody could, else here, has reached out to that guy. And here's why, because that guy, like it's a challenge for me. If I can convert that guy, you know, it's, it's like Mormons or the guys that come knock on your door, you know, Jehovah witnesses. If they can get that one guy, that's like hardcore one way. It's a huge one. That's better than someone who's like, yeah, I'll use you. I like the people I can really, it's, this business is fun when you get those tough people, those tough deals, those tough hurdles. I love that a lot better than the easier ones. Not nothing to do with the clients, but I love the really tough ones because it's more sense of accomplishment. Did we talk about so the, those tough? Did we talk about guys. the scripting last week between the difference of um, what is it, Grant Cardone and um, not Gary Vaynerchuk? Oh well, Gary Vaynerchuk. We talked about Gary in regards to the white space who's stuff. The, who's the Wolf of Wall Street guy? What's his name? Jordan. Um, but not Jordan Belfort. Yeah, Jordan Belfort. Yeah. yeah. So, if you look at the difference in their sales techniques, it's it's so crazy. But it's not you're you're not really pushy when you do these people. You're no. just coming from a place of value. So I like the Grant Cardone style. Like yeah. Just well, no, but see that's throw that, the numbers. So Grant Cardone. He, I, right? Here's my argument for him. I don't. Listen to Greg right now, but I don't. I well, I, I, think I love he, his story because he, yes, the only he's like heroin addict, and then he built this multi-million-dollar or five hundred million plus dollar capital where they go out and buy. Yeah, my my issue yeah. with Grant is if somebody says no, mm-hmm. let him say no. And his his sale. Well, here so well he talks around it. He talks past it or through they, it. Or they, were, it they were they bra- were they were bragging on a Gary V post about how one of his sales associates just got a cease and desist from a car dealership. Like they were bragging about that. Well, yeah, man. But then you, <laughs> but then you look at Jordan Belfort who was like, listen, I just knocked on as many doors as I could. And I said, I didn't really have a big sales pitch. I had a sales pitch. And then you can, then you can make your argument, which I know where you're going is no. we'll script around it. No, I, I, I already I know what you're going. Two different styles there. Two totally different styles. No. Passive sales and aggressive no. sales. Let me hear yours then. Here's why it's different. One's a, one is business to business. One's business to consumer. You have two different conversations. Yeah, crack me open one. Business to business sales is way different because you're selling to a salesperson. Business to consumer, you are softer. You have to be softer because it's a different mentality. Okay. okay. So you got, you have, when you're talking to prospects like a expire or for sale by owner, you have the very passive soft people, which sometimes I think are harder to close because they never give you a yes or a no. I can work on someone who says, no, I don't want an agent because this, then you work around it. You're like, okay, well, if we take care of that, what else is the reason? Well, I don't like that they do this or they didn't do that. I was like, well, if I can show you reviews or have a client call you and tell you like, we, we do all the opposite of what you hate. So, Okay, what well, that, that Grant Cardone's business to business. Business to business sales are way different than business consumer sales. Business consumer sales, you do have to be soft or you can't. F- I learned, and that's why I think I do really well for sale by owners, is I don't throw it down their throat, right? Because it is a softer approach. You know, they're going to at least try for a couple of weeks on their own. Whereas business business sales, which Grant goes to because he's trying to get people to buy their script and practice it for the businesses and runs the numbers, a business person can be like, okay, if my average is a six X gross in the income, what's your income? 6,000 a month. So if I make you $36,000 and it costs you six and you net an extra 30, is that okay? Great. Where do you sign? I would want proof. Uh, the first thing I would say is Perfect. give me proof. Case studies. Every business, if you have a business, you do a case study. You do a case study showing 
these businesses bought our package, they average a six X return by spending 6,000. Is that okay with you? See, I got you right now. You want to buy it right now. I don't want to buy it. Yeah, you do. I don't want to spend six. You just love that conversation I had because it I don't fucking nuked six, exactly what you said. Spend, well, no. Mm-mm. You didn't nuke what I said because I still do it here. I. The point being is those are two different sales pitches. One, consumer, business to business, and business to consumer. When you look at sales side of things, well, if you're going business to business, it's a completely conver- different conversation. We've like, done both. What do yeah. you think is easier? Business to consumer. So much easier. Business to business stuff. Yeah, I forget. Yeah, your dollar. I worked at Reynolds. Reynolds. Sales, car sales. I, I tell people when I first got into real estate, I was like, if I can convince a sale car sales manager to buy a solution, I can convince a buyer to buy your house. I was like, what's harder to sell to, a car salesman or a, a buyer? Yeah. That's why I pushed hard on because I have experience. I didn't use the broker's numbers or any bullshit like that. You didn't? No, because I think that's lying. Yeah. If you say my brokerage, I'm new to the business, but right. this is my brokerage, you consider that lying? Yes. I am new to the business. Yes. What have you personally done? <laughs> I have not done any sales, but this is what my brokerage has done. Right. You consider that lying? Yeah. The very first listening I got, I went up against one other so guy. So dumb. They're not dumb at all. I got it one because partially because I was in uh, I was in real estate and then two um, because... Do you want what me to say? Yeah, answer. answer. Put it on the Bluetooth. Hey, Angela. You call me? Yeah, you're on the pod. Hey, Angela, right you're live oh, on the pod. You're live on Woo-hoo! the pod. Yes. All right. So, quick introduction. Um, Angela is in charge <laughs> at our office. She deals with Trent and I on a daily basis. She loves us. What? What? Who's your favorite? Real quick. That's not fair. Angela, who's your favorite? You've got a million listeners right now. I don't have... I can't choose between both of you. If you had to, though. Bus is coming. I can't. It's obviously me. I can't. Because you're more annoying. It causes more problems. I feel like it's definitely me. (laughs) I feel like it's definitely me. I love both of you in your own way. We were were calling before the pod to see if you had any questions because you are in the process of getting your license right now. I am. Do you have any questions about it? I mean, you deal with it on a day-to-day basis, so it's tough for us to ask you because you're not very green, but what would you say or see as the most asked question? About getting your license? Not about getting your license. So you, um, as an intro to everybody, Angela deals with all the new agents coming into Keller Williams. So Angela gets them started, gets them going. She's the director of agent services. So every agent in this office, Angela, touches. Has a relationship has with. A rela- has a Doesn't relationship. touch. She's not Jeffrey she, Epstein. She has a relationship. She is not Jeffrey has, Epstein. Okay. Angela has a relationship with everybody in the office. What would you say the most consistent, and do not come with a tech question, <laughs> what is the most consistent question that you get, you think, if there is any? Um, how do I get leads? That's a great question. Yeah. Boring. That's- <laughs> that's it that's honestly they come in and they say well how how do i get a lead how do, how am i supposed to do this how do i be a real estate agent okay all right well we're going to answer that listen to the pod angela stop listening after episode four but now you're on episode 13 so you have to listen i will for sure all thanks right. for calling in Andrew. angela you're a great sport see you angela thanks bye guys okay so leads real quick sidetrack jesus um answer the question real quick because it's i think it's such an easy question best way to get leads call people 
Call your sphere. Call specific. your sphere. Specifically your sphere. Just tell them what's going on. It's weird. I hate calling people I know. I'd rather call it a cold You're, one. I, I, but I don't, call I the don't. people you know and just say, hey, what can I do to help? Is I, there anything? See, okay. Whatever script you want to use, there's a million of them out there online. You get dropped in to... Cheers. Cheers. Put we're rock, we're uh, rocking Corona lights today. You get dropped in. You're on a plane. You get dropped into Omaha, Nebraska. Yes. You don't know anybody in Omaha, Nebraska. For sale by owners. Okay. See, mine's expires and terminates. I think you have to find, find but the here's motivated the thing. and build your database out. Every of new agent's afraid to spend money. So then, therefore, you pretty much have to buy something that gives you numbers or something like that. There's some free resources, but let's say you have to buy. So for sale by owners are people you cannot get in trouble for calling because they put their number out there. They want to sell. Okay. Give them a call. They at least talk to you. Or you can knock on the door. Yep. And if, it, if you call it enough for sale by owners, you're going to get out and then build your database around for sale by owners. Do a really good relationship. I like the... Uh, I want to build my database for sale by owners. I would call them, but I would go around the neighborhood I live in and just talk to people. And I would join clubs. I would... The Lions Club or yep. the Eagles or... If I was very new, that's exactly what I would do because like, hey, you go to the local bar, you talk to people, they yep. like you. People will hire you because they like you. Do whatever you got to do the stuff you like. Don't make it fake. Yep. And then just join clubs and crap and get out there. Tom Ferry does a really good podcast on doing this. He said he could drop into another area. He said the first thing I would do is I would go find it for sale by owner. Sell uh, it for free. Sell it for free and advertise the shit out of it. Go door to door. See, I, w- I always hate that question in a way like, how do I get leads? Because it's very misleading in a way. How, how do you get leads? You pay for them. How do you earn leads? <laughs> right, exactly. You work for them. So, like, my like, if you get a listing and you market the shit out of it, and you can get two clients, do some open houses, don't let it sell in a week or two. Because in this market, we talked about a hundred times. Just because it sells in twenty four hours doesn't mean the agent did shit. They yeah. didn't do anything to sell it in twenty four hours. If it takes six months to sell a house and they sell in twenty four hours, I'll be yeah. like, what the hell did they if, just if do? If a house sold <laughs> in more than twenty four hour in less than twenty four hours. Yeah. The photographer did more than the agent did <laughs> yeah. to get it to get it pending. Now I'm not going to discredit right. what the agent does on the back end because the right. agent does a lot on the back. Well, end. at least the agent paid for a photographer. We can yes. say that. But up on the upfront in this market to get mm-hmm. your home pending, the photographer did the work. But in the right. back end is where you really need an agent right now because there is a right. lot. So let's not go in that detail because yeah. we've done it before. But I think yeah, shit, I'll list five to ten houses for free. You always get ten deals underneath your belt. They're not going to get mad. The only thing you have to worry about them saying, hey, she did it for free or he did it for free. So he'll do you for free. Yeah. You just tell him, like I told my one client I did for free in Germantown to get my first listing. I was like, let's now sell it for, I think, 1%. Yep. So I did 4%. But I was like, I'm only doing this once. And I, you, you're not allowed to tell anyone. Like They signed something saying, like, we won't discuss the commission. Because yeah. I, didn't, I didn't want that known because that's not my goal. It was just especially in a get small the one town listing, like that. bam. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, so yeah. And ask agents in your office, can I do an open house for you? Yeah. There's there's ways to to get leads, pay for them. To earn leads, work for them. Find. I don't think you earn leads. You work for leads. You work for leads. I don't care how long you've been in the business. But when people say, "How do I them. get leads?" Uh, you spend about five hundred to a thousand dollars a month. <laughs> and then and after about three months, one of them will convert. Yep. To at least maybe net you zero. Yeah. And then hopefully you start rolling in leads and building a relationship and maintain them and. But it's so crazy because when, when we when we switched over to the brokerage we're at now, and when we switched over to Keller Williams, everybody was saying, "This is a database business." Yes, and it's so true. And every like every time we have one of these conversations, uh-huh. I'm like, "Man, it really is," because 
everybody, you got to put everybody Ugh. in your database and you got to work it. So yeah. Cause we, you, you Stuff. make all those for sale Stuff. by owner contacts. And even mm-hmm. if they tell you to piss off, put them in a 12 direct. They may unsubscribe, but at yeah, one point, yeah, you, I just put them, you put them neighborhood nurture, you find yeah. out where they're going to, but I, I like that. There's that, a way to stay in touch. Yeah. I, I will say though, I'm very, again, you're kind of like wider. I'm very specific and narrow. Yeah. Like I do not stay, I'll keep their information. Yeah, I know I will set them up on like a neighborhood nurture we have just because it doesn't take any time, but I'm not going to go mail 1300 people in my database just to mail 1300. I will mail 400. <laughs> right. No, I'm saying like, you know, they got, you have the eight by eight touch when you first meet somebody, yeah. you got the 12 by 12 for not Mets, right? That either their emails, which you never know if they really get. So I don't, I don't like count emails as a touch unfortunately, because unless it's a client I work with, because you just don't know, like it goes spam. It could way, go to whatever the way a, it works. A guy I was on the phone with today said, mm-hmm. he said, well, imagine you get a hundred people, which is a right. hundred names, emails, and addresses. Yeah. And he says, all you do is send them an email once a month. Eventually somebody in that's going to raise their hand. Maybe, maybe, but I think that's an assumption. See, one percent. I go back. That's an assumption. One percent. You don't think you can convert one percent? That's on one out of a hundred. That's not good enough for me. For free, you don't do anything. It goes automatic. He's assuming you get one for a hundred. The point being, like, here's why. It's so. I think email is beyond passive because if you can't track like open subscribes all that stuff like can, i send emails you can see some open yeah, rates there, yeah some but if you look at how many you sent out and how many open it's minimal so you're not really saying one percent of the 100 you're saying the one percent of the 10 people that open your email so that's 0.1 sales that's what that's what you're missing the boat on everyone everyone what i hate and it it's everywhere our company every company are like well this many people you get this much results with this i'm like Yes. Are they considering how many? I, so this is where I get a little too detailed with things sometimes, but I like it because it's like, okay, there's 100 people who send an email. How many of those people open up the email? 12. Okay. So if you convert 1% of 12, what's that been? That's one deal every 10 years. Yikes. See what I'm saying? Hey, but eventually somebody raised their hand. Bro, I am not saying you're wrong or right. I am saying you're more wrong than right. But the point being is, yes, that sounds great. And it sounds, and people are like, okay, I'll do that. And they'll sit back. Oh, well, you can't sit back. I, I know, but say new agent, they just sit back like, okay, I'm sending out the emails. I'm doing a 36 touch with all emails. Why am I not getting the, uh, the fuck's the conversion rate for us? If you do a 36 touch of your database, 30, it's 30%. Okay. Yeah. 30%. So nine deals. Yeah. Whatever. Say, say you're supposed to get nine deals and they're like, I did a 36 touch all my emails. I love direct mail because everyone still goes through the mail. People still filter through the mail and they'll see it. I would rather spend all my money on a direct mail 36 touch campaign than an email campaign. Now, also, there's different variations. Like you're doing uh, more robust I, stuff than that, but all right, I here, think you got to do more than just email and expect someone to convert. Here's here's a question for you. Yeah. Okay. You, you can pick two options. You can do a 36 touch. Okay. Yep. With no handwritten, no personal contact. Okay. So 36 touch, email, text, slide dial, direct mail. Okay. Or you can send out an anniversary handwritten card and a birthday handwritten card. So you can either do two handwritten cards in the mail okay. or 36 indirect touches. What are you going to do? So you're saying two touches a year or 36 touches? Two yeah, you personal do, touches. You were going to do the 36. Dude, I think that there's, that there's another agent out somewhere 
who all his marketing is, is he just sends out birthday cards, handwritten birthday cards. Yeah, what's his database though? Probably 5,000. Okay. It's well, not that big of a database. 5,000 is actually a large database for agents. So let's run the numbers. 5,000 people. How many units is he doing? 200, 250. Okay. So he's getting 5% turnaround. That's, Are you okay with that? Listen, fuck. I'm telling you, run the fucking numbers, man. <laughs> I, I, I'm not doing it to. Like, I know, no, you got to be shit. Advocate. Yeah, I don't want you sitting here being yeah, like, yeah, you're right. Like, okay, five thousand people, and he's only getting two and a half percent or five percent, but he doesn't do what anything. What the fuck? He writes notes. Congratulations. He doesn't do anything. He doesn't do anything. So you're hitting them once every six months, basically, or, or maybe you're getting back to back months, and they're not hearing from you for ten months. Then what the fuck are you supposed to do? Or that you send two cards so in one the month. The statistic is that so my birthday the and average anniversary, person, the average person yeah. gets two handwritten letters a year. Okay, and you can remember who those handwritten letters are from. Yeah, th- there is definitely sentiment and like, man, he actually handwrote those. That's awesome. I I'm all for that, but that's the only thing you're doing. He's missing out on a whole other twenty five percent of his business or of his database to convert. He could be doing over five hundred units if he actually true client events emails, slide dial, text, all the cool shit. If he actually did that in a robust manner and uniformed and actually structured, dude, he'd be slaying it. But if he's the yeah. problem is he's probably okay. And it's not a problem. He's probably okay with 250. And that a lot of Which it, is great. Great. I mean, that's great. Not down that at all. Good for you, buddy. That's a lot of units. Yeah. But I look at it as like, okay, why don't you get one more person? There's more opportunity, yeah. Spend 100 bucks a month for slide dial. And then make a thousand X that because you have such yeah. a large database. That's okay. that's the only thing I'm argument. getting at. That's a good argument. But you're so, and also you have to realize like how long. There's probably more to it, but there's always more to it. My point being is, there's always more to it than just what people tell you. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's always way more to it. And I look at the numbers. I'm very number oriented. So I'm looking at my numbers for next year because me and my coach went over like a budget model. I got like room for like three thousand, two thousand extra dollars for Legion to per be month. Yes. To, to stay on task with, like, you know, MREA so, yeah, has the structure every annual and monthly, like how much more I could spend. But I'm looking at like, okay. If you've got that much, Trent, just go out there. How little can I spend? Get two buyer's agents and just go spend 3000 You know what $3,000 spent on lead generation is? I know. But here, here's my thing. It's like, it's the... So we talked about it before, but I beat, I killed the model last year. was like 60% profitable. And I, I want to do that. Like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to spend all this time and money and risk because the more money I spend per month is more risk, right? So we're doing an ISA. So there, I got someone working ISA. That's 1500 to 2000 a month right there. Okay. Making are calls they, for me. Helping me make calls. In person or? Nope. They're virtual. So this is structured like I ran the numbers. This, this is why I'm okay with paying 1500 It's scary at first because it's going to take a while to convert those leads they get. Maybe or maybe not. I don't know. But so I pay, you know, goal is 20 set appointments. If she does more than that, she gets two grand. If it's less than that, it stays 15. So I ran at 20 as the, the goal we're set for. She goes 20, I get 13x. If she gets, or no, if she gets 20, it's like 20x return. If she gets 10 appointments, what is it's she calling 10x. on? And this is a five, and this is a 50% conversion rate. What is she calling on? I'll be having her call on anything. Um, uh, Fizbo's expired. Say it. She's calling expires and terminated. She'll be following. No, she'll be following up with a lead source. I'll tell you about later. But old Zillow leads because I canceled Zillow, but I still have them. She's gonna be following up on those. She'll follow up on people who might be likely to list. Like really cool stuff. Like 
for sale by owner stuff, like I can handle that. There's not a ton. There's not a ton of expireds, and there I'm very nitpicky I'm when I expired. So on the pod, I'm not big on them, but whatever. And I'm praying to God we don't. I'm actually gonna ask you. Mm-hmm. Let's go muted for two seconds. Go. Okay, why don't you just ask that on the on the podcast? Because I didn't know if there was a system that a lot of people know about. Yeah, so Ben Ben asked, "Do you know where to get absentee owner list? You get, there's multiple people who have them, and you can just bro, you could drive around and find an absentee owner list. But there, yeah, there's a couple of different systems you can use to find absentee owners. It's not hard. All they do is reference the county versus where the mailing address is. Um, so oh, okay. But here's the thing: you got to think about this. But which, is an absentee owner list also um, that does that include rental properties? Those are rental properties. I, I'm looking for like. Those are pretty much absentee, vacant, absentee I'm owner, for that a vacant type of stuff. Property list. You're not. You're probably not gonna find vacant. You will find an absentee owner list, which is a rental which might be vacant. Also, if you're trying to find vacant properties, you drive around and then make a note of which ones are vacant because they're either going into the foreclosure, <laughs> I uh, or something. I had um. But so here, so but, this here's just a quick funny yeah. story for you. We're, we have a client who's flipping a house and I went to go check on it the other day and the neighbor comes out and he goes, that's the house you need to, you need to buy. And I look over, I was like that one right behind the house that we're flipping. Yeah. And I said, yeah. And this will be a great transition into our next topic. Okay. Bam. Because we're talking about other ways. Here we are. So guy goes, uh, I go that house right there. He said, yeah. He said, I said, why, why is that? He said the, his brother died and the new owner just lives in Florida and he doesn't do anything with it. There you go. I said, oh. I said, he said, he offered me it. He said, but I couldn't come up with the money. We're selling the house that they're flipping next door, smaller, no right. garage, for 125 Okay. Okay. I said, how much did he want for it? He said, $30,000. Ooh. Snack that up. I said, you got his phone number? <laughs> <laughs> he said, no, I don't have his phone number. And I said, okay, well, I'm going to get a hold of him. So I call him thinking I'm going to be the first person to call him. Nope. He's on the absentee owner list. Wholesalers. Yeah. He said he was getting wholesale. He said he's, he's like, you're like the fifth person that's reached out to me this month about that. He said, you're the only one that's ever called me though. They all sent mailers. They all send mailers. And I said, man, it's douches. I said, how much are you trying to sell it for? He said, I want 30. I said, I got you. I said, I will give you $30,000 right now. I don't have $30,000. I'll find $30,000 for this house. So yeah. he uh, he says, well, I got to get my brother's stuff out. I said, I'll give you 35. So I got to get it out. I said, what if I buy it for 35 right now and then let you keep the stuff there for a few months? You sound desperate, Ben. I mean, man, this the house will sell for 150. Yeah, I was desperate. Where is it at? Yeah, go ahead and meet that. No, just uh, whatever. Anyways, it's uh, so you're seeing numbers. You got to check it's out the a house part stuff. of we we did get into it. Um, we didn't get into it. We looked through the windows. Okay. Looks great. It's a part of Dayton. that's gentrifying is what I'll say. Okay. Um, and it, it, the neighborhood is really hot right now. So yeah, we, uh, I was desperate for it. I was like, man, I'll put 20 into it and sell for one fifty. Yeah. Dude, that's, I mean, I borrowed private money from like family members or whatever to get my first rental property. Now we're like way better than what we were when we first bought it. You get that um, rented yet? 
The lady backed out a little shit. I, I went to the house to show it to her. She, she I, I'm like, it's five fifteen. It's supposed to be here. I'm like, hey, you're still coming. She's like, oh, I'll be there by six fifteen. I'm like, we we're supposed to be here at five. She's like, oh, sorry, I just have a lot going on. I can't make it. I'm like, okay. Well, An hour and fifteen minutes. She was going to be late. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, I'm not waiting here. I got things to do. Like yeah. I was missing the family barbecue, and I was like, dude, fuck you. That's why there's one thing I hate about real estate just in general. Like no one, like you don't have another, like it's a Friday at five o'clock. What else could I be doing? Yeah. You know what I mean? A lot of things. So it's like what doctors do, you, sh- you miss one appointment, no show. They'll kick you out of the practice. Yeah. Again, we go back to that. They can. So yes, they can. Um, so where are you going? Because I was going to transition to the topic that we had introduced. And in- so all I was saying is borrow the money. If you find a deal, you'll get the money. If you have the money, you'll find the deal. And that, that's exactly where I was at. I was and like, wholesalers, I can, so I also get letters every once in a while for wholesalers about my property in Farmersville. I'm like, you're so dumb. Yeah. Like, if do you if you driven by, if you know anything about it, all they do they get absentee list and they mail them. They try and buy them for ass nine cheap. And if I were you, I'd be like, it's like, hey, I heard you want to sell a house thirty. I'd be like, ah, uh, you know, I was thinking more like twenty twenty five. Because you, if you yeah. make them, if you make it sound like too good of a price right off the bat. You scared people away. You're like, well, they were like, well, maybe it's worth more. So yeah. then w- when you went up to like, well, I'll give you 35. You should be like, all right, all right. How about I give you 30? I give you, how much time do you need to get your brother's stuff out of the house? Yeah. Great. Be like, we'll close on it. We'll get a contract signed. Everything good to go. And I'll give you until September, end of September to get out, get this stuff out. If not, you know, we'll just set it off the side or whatever. Yeah. I mean, you tell me what you want to keep. I'll junk the rest of it. Yeah. Something like that. It's like, you don't want to sound too desperate because it makes a person like, well, maybe I got a better deal and he's going to call other people. This guy said he'd do it for 30. Your whole goal is like, man, I don't know. I was like, if I give you 30 and I give you time to get your stuff out, will that work for you? Yeah. Great. Okay. So I'll email you over the contract, but I have to have it back tonight because I got stuff lined up. If it's not this one, I got to jump on another deal. Yeah. Because if you go like, I'll give you 35. No. He's like, well, I want 50 now. You know what I mean? I will. Uh, so just keep that in mind next time when you're finding it because goes down the path we're talking about is opportunity out inside slash outside or different path in real estate. We'll talk about the tentacles of real estate, mm, right? Tentacles. Real, right now, real estate sales is the body, right? So what are, where, where do real you see the engine? It is the engine. Where do you see tranny transmission? Not tranny. <laughs> where do you see, where do you see opportunity in real estate? Like what is, bro, it's so many areas. There's so Fuck. many, right? Once like, you're in it, and then you're starting to work it. So I listen to a lot of podcasts outside of just, actually I don't listen to any agent podcast. Like I used to listen to top agent stuff. And you like, listen uh, to real producer, uh, real pursuit. Yeah. Listen to real pursuit. I listened to like super agent live, which is great. But the host kind of annoyed me because he became an agent for EXP and he just started recruiting on there all the time. Um, and you just hear agents say the same thing, work your database, do your sphere door knock. Like there's only so many things you do in real estate. It's not hard. Yeah. And that's it's, kind of what I'm it's very boring. It's very boring, huh? That's what I realized with the pod. It's like, we need to expand. Like, we need to talk about these things right here. Well, there's multiple areas you can go to, but the point being is I listen to other, like, investor-type podcasts, like Bigger Pockets podcasts, which ever, if you're any what of an investor, Jesus Christ, everyone's a fucking wholesaler. Everyone's an investor these days. Everyone's a contractor and a flipper yeah. and all this If you this had shit. one dream, if you watched one HGTV show and thought, fucking well, oh, investor. I would love to do that. Now you listen to Bigger Pockets and yep. don't discredit it because there's a lot of good info on no, Bigger Pockets. No, I'm not discrediting their podcast by any means at all. I mean, David Green's an agent with Kevin Williams out in San Diego, met him at Family Reunion. The guy's way taller than he is. <laughs> Did you meet him? Yeah. 
was like, yo, David Green, bigger pockets. And shook his hand. I was walking by to get in that long ass line to register. Um, he just kind of smiles like, damn, he's fucking tall. You didn't get the VIP pass at family reunion? No, I was a moron and I should have been like, dude, what are you doing? Let's let's meet up. I'd love to talk to you. You should have. I know. It's what but people I, go to family But I was like in a for. rush to run out there to get in line. But anyways, a great podcast to listen to. Um, the point being is like, you got all these wholesalers just like, how can you distinguish yourself different? I think that's where as an agent, you are different. Like the way I got my first one is, I saw someone saying they're going to sell a house on like Facebook or whatever. So I was like, actually if someone who was running advertising for like, we'll buy your house cash on those Facebook ads, like the shitty local investors. Yeah. I'm like, interesting. So I get on to, I, I look at the comments. I finally got a comment on it. I reach out to him like, Hey, I saw you're looking to sell your house. I'm a local agent, blah, 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 blah. He's like, Oh, well we're looking at getting 40. I'm like, where's that? Is in a local town next to me? I'm like, let me go check that out. I was like, and I was like, so I scheduled time, went in and looked at it, and instantly I was like, I, why would I sell this and make maybe twelve hundred bucks if I could buy it, yep. whether I sell it or rent it, whatever, and like triple my equity in it and make cash on the side? So I was like, I'll buy this from you. Linda McKissick, and I started making calls, Linda and I got money, said, and we bought it. The complicated, ch- but Linda McKissick said the the worst, the the least amount of money you can make in real estate is in sales. Yeah, I mean it's the truth. Okay, I can sell a house, make six grand. Great. Well, if I could buy it from the person, turn around, sell it, make twenty, you know, pay tax, who cares? I make ten instead of six. Yeah. I just made four extra grand. Plus you made your six percent commission because you represented both sides. Right. I look and at then that six percent went into the rehab. I've looked at every every time I call someone now, I look at it as like, what can I buy this for? Yeah. So I look at it as an investment opportunity. Um, I'm not saying I'm gonna buy them all, but I give the people the option. Like usually it's a rougher house, be like, hey, are you looking at just doing a quick easy sale? out it would still be low market or are you trying to get like max price yeah because i can offer you both it, if it, i can't do it which i'm not saying i have hundred thousand dollars stacked up i can buy cash with stuff but i got investors i can pitch it to what you're saying i think is, is yeah. so important uh, listen it, listen to what trent just said you may you don't have to have the money no there are people in your office if you're a real estate agent there are people in your office whether it's the owner whether it's a I worked a deal with an operating partner. I, I got a lead. Someone reached out to me like, hey, you know, I got this. It was a wholesaler how to deal. So people don't understand wholesaling is they find a deal. They negotiate that price. They then go out and market that house, which is very loose lines on what you can what not do. Ohio almost outlawed wholesaling because you're basically practicing real estate without a license. Yes. Because um, you're marketing and stuff. But you're also marketing a house that you don't own as if you own it. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. You don't own the house. You're acting as a real estate agent, not a for sale by owner or anything. And you're out there marketing it. So I found one for 150K. I obviously did not have the cash to do it right then and there. We got the deal worked out. It almost didn't happen. He's closing it. He's fixing it up. Give me half my commission there and I'll get the other half when he sells it. I was like, I don't care, man. Like, just pay me when you yeah. sell it. Uh, save him a couple grand. And he's going to sell that. He's going to make a killing on it. But there, there's a lot of aid. I'm telling you, there are a lot of people out there who you can connect with. Go on to your local. I don't know how that happened. It was still connected. Go, but, to your, um, go to your local real estate investor sites and say, I have a property X. Don't give them the address. Right. And you will find the money. They'll but get, they'll you have to like, you have to vet the people. Now, yes. now we're talking about personal. Like, so any deal, you find someone, find someone to back you. There's, there's stuff called hard money lenders where it's really high, usually higher interest rates, things like that. But 
try and get a loan, a, a, like Dante talks about, you can get a conventional home-style loan, a renovation loan where you can buy the house, put the renovation costs into the loan, no early payoff. It costs a little bit more money, but you can get it done that way. Yep. Fix up the house and sell it and make your, if you want to flip it, or if you're smart, you keep the house and you rent it, yep. and you make the money that way. But the hard money lenders are also a good option. If you do find, if I if you find a property, right. you know, like if, if this $30,000 property, if, if we get it, I'll go to a hard money lender. I'll probably pay a good amount of interest rate, but I'm paying interest on, you know, we can carry the rehab. They carry the $30,000 and, you know, we can get it done quick and we'll still make a ton of money on it. Factor in the interest that you're paying. Are you going to sell it or keep it? Sell it. <sighs> hard money's Why? not good for... Don't hard money. Private money. Talk to your parents. Yeah, well... Say, hey, this is the house I'm looking at buying for 30 grand. Uh, I'm going to pay for the rehab and then I'll either just pay you back cash or I'll just refinance and pay yeah, you back. I mean, and that's also another... Two. Th- what Rent it. The refinance option is not a bad... But man, in this... Mar- I know, you're an advocate of never selling. But in this market, if I can I, see, I, I can numbers. make a hundred thousand dollars. Now, remind you, we, we're right. carrying we're carrying American student loan debt that I don't want to carry until I'm forty years so old. Different. That's different. So look at you always got to look at your t- returns. I got a property right now. Me and my wife's gonna buy. About ninety nine percent sure we are. Yeah. I want to keep it as a rental, and she really wants to sell it because the one we're working on now has taken forever. Like the worst, you know. Even though I listen to all this crap, and I'm an agent, and I know I supposedly know everything. I still make my own mistakes. This one took forever to rehab. We're almost a year into it. We're finally getting it done. Now, I will I will say that part of the reason was like we owned a cash out. You know, we paid off my parents who were the private money lenders and all that fun stuff. And we paid for all the rehab. So we're not in it a lot. We're just paying taxes and to maintain it, which is still a huge loss if you're looking at it, right? Not a loss, but like a detriment, yes. I guess, carrying. Um, there's just stuff like contract. Typical contractor, I'd made a dumbass mistake, which I've listened to a hundred times. Like, don't pay them until it's all the way done. I paid him bit and bit, and I finally paid him the rest when I had a little bit to do. And then he never came back and finished it. Fucked yeah. up my floors. There were like $4,000 in flooring that he screwed up that, you know, it's just a mess of mistakes. I'm trying to do some of it yourself where you don't have the well, time. I did. Man. Yeah. Now I don't. Before I had the time because, or maybe I did or didn't, but now I don't have the time to do it. So I know from now on, I'm hiring out a contractor, got a pretty good guy, got the quotes, running numbers. We'll keep oh, in touch. He should it. sponsor us. Julius? We've spent, we've given that man a, a lot, lot of money. money, a lot of money. Yeah. But, um, so anyway, so that one kind of left a bad taste, I think. So I'm talking worth like, I ran the numbers on renting it and selling it. Cause I think what people forget when you flip is, okay, say you make 50 grand on a flip, which is really good. Or let's do more 30 grand is more realistic, right? So you flip it and you're going to make 30 grand on it. Okay. Say you buy it for a hundred you put 20 into it and you sell it for 150. You take out the cost of the other agent and closing costs 6%. And then you take out the taxes. You're left with like 15 grand. Okay. Well, let me ask you this. You're then. left with 15 grand out of 30 when you've invested 120. Okay. So I make. Uh, but so it also depends on what your goals are. Do you need instant cash where you're trying to buy more and more properties to buy multiple properties and do it so you can keep growing and growing? Or are you just saying, let me buy this one property. Yeah. Make a net. 400 bucks a month cash flow, which is great. A lot of people only aim for a hundred. Yes. So say you make 400 a month in cash flow and you have $30,000 of equity here. Let me get to you. So would you rather have $30,000 cash you have to pay tax on or $30,000 equity you can borrow against if you really need it to pay shit off and do it that way? I mean, pick your poison. I, I, I get, I get you where you're at. A couple but, different ways. So here, here's, here's where we're at in our strategy. I don't want to carry these student loans. 
our student loan payment is right. $1,400 a month, right? So I could go flip a property. Well, eliminate that debt. Eliminate that debt. And, and now essentially just cash flowed myself $1,400 a month because I just got rid of a $1,400 a month payment. You're not cash flowing yourself. I'm not cash flowing, but I'm making $1,400. You I paid have, off a certain amount of debt. I have $1,400 left. The, the, we are now debt free besides you know the mortgage and whatnot. But, okay, great. So that's where I'm at. And then now if we had no student loan debt, I would say we're absolutely crazy to sell because... Uh-oh, look at that. He told me to turn my phone off. Phoenix, I'm recording. I bet you anything that is bold leads. Did you give him my number? No, I didn't. Now I gotta re- got redo this shit. Um, anyways, go back. So, yeah. Six. I always talk like four. I always talk like I'm right, and I'm not. But it's so, all yeah. it's all situational. Yeah, like, so my, what's more my, important? My situation paying off your debt yeah. and being more, which I agree with. We, we want to pay off this debt, get debt free, and then once we're debt free, it's like okay, now we'll go cash flow these properties. We'll go buy properties, fix them up. You know, do the Burr method, right? And then re and if we need to, but we won't refinance because we'll buy them cash. If we don't need to refinance. We don't have to. We just have. So what I'm saying is, I'm with you 100. percent Keep and, your equity in there, and then if something, make if, all the if, cash if flow. shit does go bad, mm-hmm. okay, now I can borrow against it, or you just sell a damn, or thing. you just sell it. Mm-hmm. But that's what I, I love, dude. That's why I, I love owning this property. Yeah, the one I have so, right now, I love owning it. With one no mortgage property, on it. one property is giving you this much financial freedom. Let's run the numbers. Bought it for 40. Okay, okay borrowed 30, paid them off early, didn't have to refinance it. Some 40 in plus. I don't know, another 16, say 20, 25. Just call it. So I'm 65,000 into a property that's easily worth 120 to 150. Mm-hmm. So I have 65 in, left into it, which is a lot of money. That's, <laughs> if, you, if I, if you would have said, hey, you're going to leave $65,000 in a property a year ago to me, let alone two years ago, I'd be like, why? I would have been like, I need that money. Yeah. So, but it's just funny, you get in real estate. So you start making money in that, but then you see the opportunity, like, okay, I'll leave the money in there. And I'm making a ton of the cash flow. It's almost like a stock with really good dividends. Yes. That keeps gaining appreciation. As much as a stock, yes or no, but I control the asset. I I love it. And it's maybe it. just because I'm in real estate, but like, but I you, don't. Yeah, you don't know until I, you're in it. I don't understand the stock market. I'm like, man, I could not put my money in that because that hey, thing. I understand the stock market. Goes up. And down, and if up. you smoke weed, it goes down. Exactly where <laughs> if it's you like don't, it stays up. W- with for it's me, emotional. for me, real estate, I look at it like, okay, well, you can have a down market, but typically prices stay the same. But if you sit in the house, so it's like back in uh, 08 and 09 or 05 and 06 when it all crashes. Yes, you lost a shit. Say you're down negative thirty thousand equity, but if you stay in it long enough, you can always get out of it. That's the point. You could buy a house now. And you pay, even if you rent it out, you pay an extra yeah. hundred bucks a month towards it. Within five years, you'll eventually net zero. And then no one's ever wrong by hanging on a property for 30 years. Okay. In no area, even in Detroit, if you bought a property 30 years ago and you held on it the entire time, you're not losing money on it. Yes. It's not like Enron where someone can just take all your money and fuck and you over and, that's and what, lose it. That's what just scares me about the stock I don't market. Like other people, like I still day, invest in the stock market. Just not a lot. I got nothing. I... By the time we're done, we'll have over a million dollars in the stock market. And if it stays, great. You will? Yeah. 200 oh, bucks a month. Your, okay. From your... Yeah, until we retire. Yeah. 200 bucks a month. What's yeah. $200? It comes out automatically. You don't even know it. 
How long until you let go? So here's another argument I have. Whenever, yeah. whenever the uh, the 401k, right, the retirement plan, yes, buddy, I don't think I'm making seventy. You don't think so? Nah, I think I got like. Who 60. knows what's gonna happen? Thirty years from now, I'll be sixty-three. Yeah, I think I got. I think I got sixty-five. You'll have bionic arms. You have yeah. computer chips in your head. Maybe. Right now, I feel like I got sixty-five in me. So why would I want to wait until I'm seventy to use that money? Where why don't I just start building? That might be the worst fucking thing I've ever. <laughs> I I want to start building now, so I don't have to wait till I'm retired. Right. Enjoy it. So if you're in a 401k, correct, or you invest in like a Roth, you can't pull it out till you're retired. Yes. You pay taxes. Well, whatever, whichever one. Either way, but I mean, you can still invest in the stock market and still pull it out whenever the hell you want. But you got to invest in like aggressive returns, indexes, and things like that. Well, indexes are more safe. Well, if you're in, if you're an independent, index is a safe. An index is a safe long term. Typically, because indexes always go. Warren Buffett said the best. He's like. You're always good to invest in the stock market. Don't invest in one stock. That's dumb because you don't know what happens with that one company. But if you do like mutual funds and things like that and multiple stocks, he's like, Warren Buffett said, the only way you'll lose money in the stock market is if the U.S. collapses. And if the U.S. collapses, like economy and business and all that, you got a lot bigger fucking problems than your fucking retirement and going to Pensacola for the rest of your life. You, (laughs) you're, we'll be like Russia back in like the 1980s, like wiping our asses with the dollar bill at that point. You know what I mean? Toilet paper costs more than that. So it's like that's where you're going to run into problems. Um, other than that, stock market should always go up. Now, the trajectory it's gone, it could be really inflated and fake. If you're retiring in the next five, 10 years, I'm assuming you're going to have some problems based off what I've seen. I'm not an expert, but at least in real estate, you can say, I have this asset that I'm paying down each month. Yep. Or you have equity in it and you're getting so much income from it. You can, you can, you can control how much you're making per property, basically. Real estate is a... If you lock in a 30-year fixed mortgage rate and you know your payment's 500 a month with taxes, insurance, and everything, and you're making 1000 so you're netting 500 bucks a month, that's great besides vacancies or any repairs you have to make. Yep. Other than that, you know what you're making, and you just, if as long as you're safe and you build up the nest egg to re- make those repairs on that one property, you know every 20 years you got to replace a roof. That's yep. $6,000. That's 50 bucks a month yep. you got to save away. You know you got to replace the furnace every 10 years. Is it 50 bucks? Yeah. No. Yeah. 50 bucks a month for 10 years. Well, what 25 bucks a month, matter. whatever. 25 matter. bucks a month for the roof, 20 bucks a month for an AC and 20 bucks. So as long as you save, say 200 extra out of that. So you're net 300, you're saving 200 a month for major repairs and the issues that come up. You'll be more than safe. That's super conservative. Yep. And I'm very conservative with my, my numbers. So you're, you're making 300 a month. What's wrong with that? Your property's going to appreciate. You get a write-off depreciation, and every thirty years, or say you do fifteen, you can refine. You can do another fifteen years, so you actually make more money. It's funny, like the more money you have invested in, it, or the higher your finance versus rent, the more money, the more you make back on your money. Yeah, because the more money you have in your property, the less you make back on the money. If that makes sense, the more you leverage against it, the better your return okay. is. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like this house I want to buy, if we financed it at ninety thousand or whatever. We have our highest rate of returns the first couple of years, and then our rate of return diminishes. So that's why people refinance those properties. Or after a while, if your asset, like that house, if you know you buy it at a hundred, and in ten years it's worth three hundred because you're in a growing area. Yep, you're better off, and you're only getting a thousand dollar rent, and it only goes up to thirteen in ten years. You're better off selling that because the value of the house to your rent is well below yep. the one to two okay, percent ratio. Saying, yeah. So you sell the freaking house, and you go buy two more houses. 
that get you that better return, your cash on cash return, or your better one to 2% ratio that you aim for when you buy and rent, then you go buy those other properties. I'm not saying you always hang on to that property no matter what, but if you're in an area that blows up, you bought a house like in downtown Dayton for 50 grand, all of a sudden it's yeah. worth 150. You're probably better selling that because your rent's not going up necessarily. Maybe it is or not. And go buy That's two a more concept elsewhere. I've never thought about. It's deep. It's a deeper concept because around here, people just sit on a house and they will rent out forever, no matter what happens. Yeah. But if you think large enough with it, you say, "We'll take this property. Okay, I'm getting 500 month rent. It's worth 150 now. It's not worth to keep it for, at 150 for 500 rent. The value and rent isn't there. So you're getting 3.33 percent return. We should get a one or two percent return. Do you think we're going to see an increase? in um, rental properties hit the market after all this? What do you mean? So I saw a, a theory that a um, a guy on YouTube is saying that he thinks that we're going to see an influx of the rental market come for sale because oh, landlords sell their rentals because they were so fed up with this eviction eviction stuff. process that they're like well maybe real estate's not as safe anymore now i think the only people who do that are people who have one or two rentals who don't really want to be landlords and i think that's the people who will sell the people who don't want to be landlords will sell the people if they look at it but a lot as a business majority of fine. people are one to two rentals i would say majority of people yeah i think people just like ah, i just decided to hang on to the house and that's i think what i think yeah. it's majority of more I would say almost majority of single family rentals are first time home buyers who said, you know what? I'm just going to hang on to this, make a few hundred bucks a month. And then when, you know, this eviction ban goes on and they say, you can't evict them. <laughs> right. They're like, well, I didn't sign up for this, man. So you're going to see yeah. all those homes come on the market. Um, I don't think it's going to be this mad rush. Of people I don't, I, again, I think when it'll I say be mad just rush, like, it's like, I, I think... I think it'll be just like everything else. People will eventually get tired of it. You I don't think rental property. I don't yeah. think rental property is going to flood the market, but I still think we're going to see an influx of like not updated, <laughs> average-looking homes that have a lot of equity to be built in them, because that's what a rental property is. And other investors. So there's so many people trying to be investors that they're already getting hit up. Why do you think that is? Because they fucking there's because it's popular now. Okay, it got real popular. Uh, when the market crashed and people started catching on, the people had money. Okay, they start building it. Now it's all the rage. Yeah, HGV. It's it's very out in the public now. Yeah. Like you never heard Burr method twenty years ago. People did it. Yeah, but no one coined it, it, it or termed it, it, it. Didn't have a name. It didn't have a name till like five, eight years ago. Yeah, whatever. It became a thing, which people just did. It. They didn't realize it. So now there's more books. You got the internet. It's all on it. You got bigger pockets. You got. HTV, which is showing these people buying these houses and making $100,000. And you got a lot of people just like Robin Hood that's trading. You know what I mean? Yeah. They were getting into it that that just kind of want to do it and don't really know. Um, and it's not a bad thing. It's just, I just think people just get into it because they think it's easy money. And you get a person who has one or two good deals and they're like, I'm quitting my job and doing it full time. Those, those are the people I'm waiting for to crash. I'm like, all right, I'll buy the property after you because yeah. I think they don't quite understand it. And maybe I'm wrong. I could just be an asshole, but I just don't think they quite understand it. I think they're getting lucky like everyone else is these days. Cause at any moment, everyone's kind of waiting for the crash. Yeah. And the reason it's not happening now is cause there's still so many buyers that need a house and low interest rates. Imagine if the opposite, Imagine we're not we going to have a crash with low interest rates right and now. We're 
our inventory right now is 18% below last I year. I have 18% below last year. I've officially conceded that I think we're, I think we've got another two years of this. Good. When I say good market, I think that I don't think we're going to feel a lot of pressure for a while. I think we'll feel the pressure at the end of this year, beginning of next year. They cannot because race. Job, I'm not talking about oh, rates. Okay. Rates are going to stay low. I think if, because the winter's coming, all right, there's probably not going to be college football. And we That's talked about for there, there's probably not going to be NFL. You're talking media. You're talking sports vendors. I mean, you're talking apparel. I mean, and, and, look and at the trajectory. Not, well, of who it's the, not, it's, you're yeah, talking it's, airline flights. You're talking people going yeah, to visit games. You're talking just, about Uber, taxis. When, when, when the NFL, that's the, what I was trying to tell Taylor the other day. It's going to be I said it's not just. Weird. I hope it doesn't it, happen. College football being canceled doesn't just affect the, the, I mean, TV the people viewership. there. Yeah. It, it affects, like you just said, the, so it affects Colleges TV, will shut down because TV, they're the yeah. biggest programs that keep them afloat every year. Yes. Will not be able to. You think Title Nine, like, oh, women, yeah, there should be equal number of women versus men on sports teams. That Try shit's going to go out the fucking yeah. window. I don't care. It's true because all everyone knows Buckeye football pays for everything. Yes. It, it pays, pays for, for that campus, campus. It pays for everything. You don't have that for one year. It's a billion you think you're dollar getting industry. boosters. You think you're getting advertised like well then and then you think so then it trickles down to Big Ten v- Network. Big they're Ten gonna Network start closing. They, they, I mean, Big Ten Networks has to feed people. So then you talk about the they're Big laying Ten people Network. off right now. I bet like okay, no Big Ten football. They voted on it. Yeah. So according then, to Detroit so then, Press. So then the ya. commentator who has his you know has his house cleaned will they have to cancel that house cleaning because they, you know, lost their job Maybe, and they have to do yeah. that. So, but you, you talk, it, it doesn't just, it's, it's so it's, wide. It, it goes all the way down. And it's not just like the housing crash of last no, year before. It, goes all it is, you're talking people who are, okay, who's on advertising? Okay. So you got TV networks, big people. Yes. And you have the commercial spots. You have the camera crews like, well, there's no sports. So that segment's probably canceled or like, Hey, you're getting, you're losing your job. And all the people we'll that you know the camera the crew hit. spend money on, like you got to think about like, know, what are man. the people with or jobs? The equipment, Sony TVs or the camera people. It, like it, it's not, it is just. astronomical how much this affects people. And, I, and I'm looking at why I'm like, I'm preparing for the worst and hoping for the best. Yep. So like, I'm not saying like houses are going to drop in value. I think there'll still be the buyer pool there because it doesn't affect our area. I'm talking about like, how this is going to affect people for the next from one to five years because okay Midwest. football could start next year again which it should i think all this is bull crap anyways but it could start next year but then what does people do in the meantime one year's two one year's a long time man one year's a long oh, time know. to not have income i mean delta said they're lo- they're firing half their force like thirty six thousand people furloughing them in october they said this like two months ago so if they're doing that well now, no that what happened is they didn't say it but the bailout that they got from the government said they have to keep the people on until October. Yeah. And if they don't get another bailout, which the government can't keep doing that because nothing can't. good comes of it. Cause I'll tell you right now. Okay. Here's one thing. If you're looking to invest sidetrack. Okay. If you're an investor and you're looking at 1031, I'll pay very, very close attention to what happens in November. Cause one of the candidates, his initials are Joe Biden's looking at, <laughs> looking at getting rid of 1031 exchanges um, in favor of using that tax money then to go support social programs. So, Yep. Real talk, though, there's nothing political at all. It's like if he wins in November and he can't enact it right away or anything like that, so it's not going to happen right away, but I'd be looking at 1031 in my ass. If I'm looking at doing that, doing it right away and then sitting on that property for the rest of your life till you die so your kids can inherit it, you never pay taxes on it. Because all you do on 1031 is avoid capital gain tax. You will pay that. Well, you kick it down the road. Yeah, you are going to pay that unless you die. Yes. Okay. So most people at 1031, it will go from a house to a bigger house to multifamily to large multifamily and just let it sit there. 
You never pay capital gains on it until you sell that property. Yep. The only other way you don't pay it is if you die and it gets inherited by but, your family. But there's another side of the aisle it. that is trying to almost get rid of yeah, capital so gains. If he gets rid of it, which whatever, it's his prioritary. He, if he's president, he well, can try and push well, it for no, some I'm reason. Saying but that it, it, I, the, whole, yeah. the whole point being go back to investing is, you know, look isn't, at, isn't look at other, doing that. Isn't the other side of the aisle, and I'm not talking about the initials Joe Biden, isn't the other side of the aisle saying that he is trying to get rid of having to pay capital gains tax or lightening up on capital gains tax? Uh, no, he's trying to get rid of 1031 exchanges specifically so they pay capital gains tax on it. Okay. Then I've been reading well, Let's that be wrong. real. Democrats never lower no, taxes. No, I'm saying Trump is saying to get rid of capital, capital gains, gains tax. So I heard a thing where from a CPA saying there's no such thing as really capital gains because you're only paying taxes on the income you make that year. Yeah. So what happens is when people sell and flip a property and make 50 grand and you're making 50 grand and next thing you know, you're in a hundred grand tax bracket. Yeah. That's what where you're paying the extra taxes on. You're not really paying it on that uh, property. Okay. I've heard both ways. I'm not saying I just heard both of it. It's like they said, there's no real thing as tax capital gains. You're just paying the tax bracket you're in. But Joe so, Biden is trying to get rid of the 1031 exchange, which is that was on part of his away. tax plan. So which, he is saying that he would, if you, you go, can't avoid capital gain, you, you can't yeah, shove it down the road. Yeah. And again, just so everyone knows, you pay that unless you die with that property and it becomes an inheritance. Because what happens is people is keep right? doing this unless it becomes inherent. Your kids inherit the property, they don't pay capital gains when they sell it. So what happens is people keep 1031 in it. But what happens is by the time you, like, if you decide to sell it 10 years down the road, You've been 1031 yes. so much taxes would be more than you make on it. Yep. And that's where people get themselves in trouble. Yep. So you can't sell it. You have to sit on it and then you eventually get banked and foreclosed and all that fun stuff. But I think, you know, you say it's going to be fine. I think the housing market will be okay, but you'll see people losing. Unfortunately, I don't know, losing, I think, I don't know what the hell is going to happen. Unfortunately for us, the Midwest, the coast. Dude, Big Ten. I, but see, the, the that shit sucks. So the, my argument Stupid. for the Big Ten is the Big Ten's here, but most of the jobs are coastal. I mean, like the big 10 commentators aren't living in Dayton, Ohio or they all live out. They all live in New York and the coast and California. I feel bad for the football players, man. Like what fits your senior year, high school, college. Well, what fits your senior year? Like how do you put together tape? Like you're supposed to be your coming out year or that's what guys are going to the national championship the year. Now they're not, man. We had, we, La- when what do you I, do? I, I don't know if I, I coach lacrosse. If we've never talked about that, right? But we have kids who, when the lacrosse season got canceled this year, their senior years or going into their senior year, that's the recruiting year. I know, and they just lost it. So was it for scholarships, kids? Yep. So you go back even further, go deeper, and get weirder. So if the kids not getting a scholarship. The parents are paying for it. Are the parents going to go buy that next house next year? Yep. I mean. That's a good point. I don't, I don't. I don't like to go down and think I'm like this crazy, like negative, because I'm not opti- negative person. But I'm thinking like, how does this affect real estate? If you're an investor, there could be opportunity there, or it could just mean less houses on the market. For now, like to your point, it might be still a strong seller's market because no one's able to, or no one wants to sell because they can't go buy the next bigger house. Yep, they can't go anywhere. And if everyone's refinancing at three percent or lower, like a VA loan, two point seven five percent, why the hell would you sell your house? You just fix up the house. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking 20 years down the road. I'm like, we might be in a little inventory for 20, 20 years if people don't build cheaper houses. And inflation imagine? happens, which means things cost more, which means... <laughs> well, so have you ever... I'm going to cry. I need the, another there's beer. There's the 10X rule. The, I need another the beer. Rule of 10X. I don't have any more beer. 
We're you, almost finished up. You we'll, quantum Grant Cardone? No, not 10x. <laughs> Rule of 10x. What's so that? basically, it says, and it's it's a again. I I don't know if this guy created made this up on his own, but for every point the interest rate goes down, property value goes up 10 percent. Okay. Yeah. So property if it goes value, up one percent, yeah. you lose 10 percent buying power. So property value really isn't going up this year. Interest rates are just going down, which increases which, purchase which power. Which inc- increases purchase power, so which increases the, list price yes. because they have more power. The so the property it. is the same value. Right. It's just, well, you can buy this because it's the same it's price cheaper. as it was. Yeah. So it's not really increasing property value, mm-hmm. where the actual property value is the five percent to you know three to five percent to seven percent that it actually increases year over year right. property value. So, so you're year, saying there would be a big, there could be a huge plateau for years to come of yes. the same price, not really appreciating. So for this year, they basically said, you know, it's okay when we see that five to seven and, and it fluctuates here and there with that property value. But instead we've got interest rates dropping by almost a point and a half. So 15%. Right. And then the average of 5%. So property values have increased, you know, fictionally 20% this year. So you're 20%. Right. So people are buying that. At those prices. Yes. At super low interest rates. At super low interest rates. And when they go rate. to sell in five to 10 years and the price hasn't gone up, but the interest rate's gone up to 6% instead of three. Yes. So they're going to buy a house. They're going to sell their house in net zero. In net zero. And go buy their new new house at a 3% higher rate. Yep. It's not the property value. I would value do is everything s- in my mind to convince my wife not to sell. The, at property, that, value, at those the property value, I don't think is, I think you may see a little bit of a drop in property value. If I don't think you see a drop at all. Uh, yeah, well, maybe it's just going to plateau. It, it's just going to plateau. And these people who, who think about the people who you know uh, are were offering guaranteed appraised value, right? So they spent right. ten thousand dollars over. <laughs> I mean, seriously, these are real things. Yeah. And they go to sell in three years, five years. I think interest rates go up in three years. And so interest rates go up another point and a half. Don't well, even guess about what the hell's going on. I, well, I'm just saying <laughs> they have to. Do they have to go up? At everyone some point. said that. You're right, but so maybe so. Say they go off in three years, right? They've only been paying principal. They go to sell, and now they're like, "Well, shit, I don't have money to go buy my next house." So what do they do? They don't sell it, and they just stay there. Yeah, there's your low inventory again. I, it's like I said, it's like it probably just stays low inventory, and people won't want to buy because it's up at six percent. They're like, yeah. "Well, you get it for three percent three four years ago. Now I got to pay six. Yeah. If it goes up to six percent, yeah, I mean, well, six percent is a healthy interest rate. Yes, six month inventories. But healthy. people are like, oh, I can get two seven five I on know, a VA zero percent down loan. It's like, if what? I bought a house That's at three percent or two point seven five percent, and then my wife wanted to go buy another house, just get something new, I'd be like, how about we take all that money we'd lose and we spend the ten grand on the house and make it nicer? Yeah. So I think contractors shit will blow up. If I, has. if I if my kid was in high school right now, I'd be like, do not go to college. <laughs> go get an apprenticeship and just become a contractor. Plumber makes fifty hundred bucks an hour. And they HVAC can. guy. And they can, they deserve it. I'd be an HVAC guy over a plumber. I want what only I'd do plumbing new construction, not old. I couldn't do the poo. <laughs> I can't do electric. Have you ever I, took a toilet off? The PVC pipe's pretty clean. Dude, did I ever tell you about what <laughs> happened with um I'm not gonna say the company, but the company that when we had the backup, the sewage backup. Yeah, and your toilet. And your, did I tell you what they were going to charge us to remove the toilet? What? $250 per toilet to be removed. Now, if you haven't removed a toilet before. You loosen the bolts two and pull screws, it off. Yeah. Two screws. And they were going to charge 250 bucks. And I was like, I, well, I said, they were like, yeah, it's 250 to remove each toilet. I said, what if I just remove them? And they're like, oh, well, that's free. <laughs> so you're telling me that 
I just go unscrew five, four bolts. And you guys go shove a hose yeah. down there. And guess what? He helped me lift the toilet off. <laughs> That's so all I had to do was unscrew it. And I you're like, you're struggling. He said, here, I'll help you out. And I said, is it free? He said, yep. I said, okay. You called a big company. That's why. Well, yeah, but I mean, they, they can charge, but they can. I, Dude, I'm telling you. I know. Because when you have a sewage backup, you don't care how much it costs. Just get, get the, the crap out of my tub. Get the literal shit out of my house. <laughs> That's hilarious. But they can charge that. And they, I, I'm all for it. Man, if you've, got, if you've got a service that people are willing to pay for, charge it. Charge five hundred dollars. If somebody's gonna pay you five hundred dollars to remove a toilet, right. go for it. I don't care. I'm with you. I'm not that that. Go for it, buddy. Damn, we went everywhere. We did. That was a good fun. That was fun. That was a good one. Um, like we always say, folks, if you haven't follow us on Instagram, we'll post clips out there. My name is Trent Bargy. You can find me at Trent underscore Bargy B A R G A. Ben Bolton. Ben McIntyre Bolton. <laughs> Such a horrible Instagram change. It is. Nobody can spell Mac and Mac.